Sophie Hardy and the Battle of the Myriad by M.R. Dale, narrated by Leona Hall. Chapter 10. Should we stay or should we go? In the control room was Miss Sissons typing vigorously on one of the computers. Sophie thought she could make out the words time dilator on the screen, but couldn't be certain. She felt something in her pocket again, so reached in. Something metallic brushed against her hand, but immediately vanished as she went to grab it. It must be malfunctioning somewhere, but Sophie had no clue where to start. Clara, whose avatar was still faulty and unable to choose an appearance for her until it once again found the one it was looking for, was leaning on a desk looking deep in thought and Alton King was pacing the room with his hands behind his back. Sophie checked that Lizzie was okay before she did or said anything to anyone and, other than being slightly jarred by her first internet implant experience, Lizzie was fine and was simply trying to take in the fact that she was now not her actual self but an avatar version, wearing a school uniform that she'd never worn before. Sophie looked to Clara for some understanding of what was going on with Miss Sissons and King but couldn't read her face at all and just got a shrug of Clara's shoulders so either she didn't know or she didn't identify Sophie's curiosity. Yasmin walked over to Miss Sissons to see what she was typing. Peering over her shoulder, she could now see photos of different people quickly flitting onto the screen and off again but Yasmin couldn't identify any of them. Ah, good, you're all here. King began, finally pausing his pacing for a second, but then very quickly started up again. All the children looked round to acknowledge him. The only person who didn't was Miss Sissons, who kept on typing. Did you do as you were told and read the messages together? he asked. Sophie and Yasmin both shook their heads, while Lizzie looked slightly confused by everything. Clara, on the other hand, piped up in an angry tone when she had seen everyone else's ignorance. I have, she replied aggressively. And what did you think to them? King asked, rolling his eyes at the fact that the girls hadn't followed the simple instruction of reading them together like he had asked, and Clara had taken it upon herself to read them alone, which also wasn't the instruction. Clara smirked, unfolded her arms, and walked in King's direction. Why can't we go? It sounds like a paradise. She seemed to be trying to goad King, but Sophie couldn't work out why. Because the creatures will do you harm as soon as you set foot anywhere near there, King very measuredly replied, carrying on like everyone had done as they were instructed and had read the messages together before the meeting had started. Sophie decided she didn't like being out of the loop and so, empathising a lot with Lizzie, who was still not quite ready to listen and was still staring all around herself at anything and everything, requested a recap. Sorry, she began, for those of us who haven't read the messages yet, what is going on? Yasmin looked relieved and Lizzie started to look more focused as King went to explain but was cut off by Clara before he could give his version of the messages. Kingsley has found the place where all the mythicals have been hiding, she said, without taking her gaze off King. And he, continuing to stare at King, kept it from us. What? Yasmin blurted out. Sophie thought about what Clara had just said before she selected her next question. A land of mythicals. That posed so many questions for what Sophie had learnt in the last seven weeks. How did he find it? She decided to ask, not wanting to launch headlong into the obvious question of why King had kept it secret first. He's one of them. Once his powers came to the fore, they found him and took him in. 
it wasn't difficult for them to find an 11-year-old boy who is one quarter changeling and hasn't quite mastered his powers yet, King replied. To Sophie, that made sense. No reason for anyone to lie about that that she could think of. Looking at Clara and Yasmin, they seemed to agree. What did he say it was like? Yasmin asked. King continued pacing the room and, still without giving any of them a second glance, replied, He says it's a paradise, a utopia, a place where wonderful, miraculous things happen. But that, of course, isn't true. Why isn't it? Sophie replied, engaging her mouth before her brain. Because that is what those mythicals want him to say. There are all sorts of creatures there capable of brainwashing that will make him say anything in order to have to lure you into a trap and kill you for humans, King said. And Sophie could tell that he was prepared for all these questions. Why would they want to trap us? Yasmin quizzed. King tutted, not very discreetly, as if that was the most ridiculous question he had ever heard. Because, Yasmin, you are the protectors and saviours of Earth against them. Of course they want you there. You are the only thing stopping them from taking over everything. If they could get the opportunity to wipe you out, then they will take it. Wouldn't they have done that by now? Yasmin interrupted. Sophie, meanwhile, was now taking a more measured approach to her questioning, but had to smile inside at Yasmin's bluntness. A thought then occurred to Sophie. How could they? Dampeners all over the world only got turned off six weeks ago, Sophie replied. King stopped his pacing and turned to look at her. He looked extremely impressed. Meanwhile, Sophie continued, her brain in overdrive. Ten years ago, mythicals started coming together after their powers were limited. They apparently built a society together out of necessity, with either no powers, limited powers, or powers that they had somehow protected. Seven weeks ago, their powers were fully restored in the real world. Who knows what they would do to the people who took their powers and indeed their families away. But the agents were gone. Look at the rage that Desmerelda felt towards Mississins. They will be out for revenge and have had ten years to plan it. No need to rush straight into it either. If they can watch as humans become weaker and weaker by having loads of adults disappear and others distracted by suddenly ageing children, then their job is getting easier and they haven't had to do anything. Would you have done anything by now? Because it sounds like humanity is weakening itself without the need for mythical interference. King looked like he wanted to give Sophie a round of applause for thinking exactly what he had thought of, but he stopped short and just gave her a nod of approval. Carry on he insisted. So, you need to recruit extra children in order to deal with the potential war when they finally do something dangerous, not to mention whoever this Condonar is. That war would also prove that you and your company were not responsible for any of the things last week. The world loves scope. Shadow to them. Scope gets more agents without the need for the old agents, and the world hates mythicals like they always have done for the vile things they do. Sophie felt her stomach roll, but only slightly. Well done, King said. But what if Kingsley is right? Clara asked, immediately seeing the flaw in King's plan. Sophie, meanwhile, suddenly found herself more than a bit concerned that she had worked out every minor detail of King's plan. This man was dangerous, and she knew it. But what did that make Sophie if her mind operated on the same level as his? Hello, Lizzie said randomly. Having finally gathered her thoughts completely, she had decided to greet King. King moved his gaze from Sophie to Lizzie, and he looked confident. Ah, Lizzie, I take it your sister has brought you in before I bring in the children I think we need. Yes, 
Lizzie replied. Again, Sophie couldn't help but smile at the bluntness, but this time from her sister. They want to make sure you don't control all of them. King looked intrigued as Lizzie gave away slightly more of the girl's mentality than she would have hoped. How do you plan on dealing with the mythicals when they do start whatever it is you think they're going to do? Clara asked, immediately tackling one of the many elephants in the room. King rubbed his chin with the palm of his hand and for the first time looked like he was about to break some bad news to the girls. I don't want any mythicals killed unnecessarily. Well, that's good then, Yasmin interrupted. But we need to capture some of them to show the world how dangerous they are and so that people believe they're here. When you say capture, Clara began to ask, but Sophie was sure she didn't want to know the answer. Take them from the place they are calling Meliora. Show them to the human public to prove they exist. Save the company and then decide what to do with them, King said, but he sounded like he had stopped mid-sentence. You mean lock them up in Zapfor so they can't go back and say what they have seen and done? Also, what if they don't want to fight? What if they have gone beyond that? What if they just want peace? Clara jumped in, echoing what she had said earlier about Kingsley potentially being right and Mythicals wanting peace in their paradise with no trouble. King said nothing. His look told Sophie everything she needed to know. He had no intention of letting anyone go back once he had captured them and wasn't entertaining for a second that what Kingsley was saying was the truth. Sophie was glad that Clara was questioning his judgment. It was something that King hated, though, and one of the reasons Miss Sisson said that King wanted other children under his control. Yasmin also saw what Sophie saw and didn't hold back. So your plan is to send us four, plus some new randoms, in to go against someone we trust? That you only met last week, King interrupted. But we went through a life-changing event with him, so be quiet, Pat. Clara snapped back, and Sophie nearly burst out laughing at her brashness. You want us to go against Kingsley's advice and kidnap a group of mythicals who might not be doing anything wrong, all to prove that you and your company are innocent of something that you didn't do directly, Clara summed up. King was stood almost completely thunderstruck at this ten-year-old disobedient calling him by a shortened version of his first name. He had never been disrespected like that by an adult, let alone a child. He bit his tongue hard and answered through gritted teeth. Yes, but there are dangerous creatures in there. The public needs to know that they might be in danger. You need not go yet and wait for the rest of my recruits to join you. Then you will all be safe. No, said Clara. What if you're wrong and Kingsley's right? We can't just turn up and take over the place, can we? That would be an invasion. Sophie was processing everything she was hearing and it sounded like King had convinced himself that sending in a group of child soldiers to capture some mythicals from an apparent hellhole for humanity was the right thing to do. Sophie, however, didn't trust King. He had never manipulated her, but she had seen him do it before to Miss Sissons and now knew that King disagreed with her principles. On the other hand, she trusted Kingsley after everything they had been through last week and the girls were still yet to come across a mythical that meant to do them actual harm. Yes, the Encantado was annoying, but caused them injury. Sophie immediately decided that, once they had done more research, probably involving talking to Kingsley and anyone else she could think of, they would definitely go and explore Meliora with or without King's support, but there was no way she was going to tell him that. OK, we'll wait. Sophie said, looking at Clara in that way where she was trying to convince her that she knew what she was doing without saying anything, even though what she actually was saying made no sense. Yasmin looked at her in shock while Lizzie's eyes just stared forward. 
Miss Sisson seemed to stop typing as well. She had heard Sophie use that slight change in pitch and tone before in the classroom and knew she was up to something. Clara, meanwhile, seemed to have got the message. King, on the other hand, looked at Sophie with what appeared to be a mix of pride in her making the decision he wanted her to, but also suspicious as to how she had made it so quickly. Just a few seconds ago, Clara had argued against him and insulted him. King knew that Sophie and this group of children were up to something. It's not like we know where this place is. Anyway, Kingsley hasn't sent any coordinates, has he? Sophie asked, knowingly. King shook his head, looking at Sophie like he knew she was trying to trick him. This girl never did as she was told and was most certainly trying to deceive him. What exactly do you need us to do? Sophie then asked, sounding slightly too innocent and chirpy. Read the messages from Kingsley and wait for us to have the new recruits ready. You can train Lizzie up in the meantime if you like, King explained, through a consummate calm as the realisation of what Sophie was more than likely planning began to dawn upon him. Sophie was lying and fully intended to go almost straight to Meliora. Sophie, meanwhile, was still staring at Clara as she couldn't look at King for fear of being found out. OK, Clara replied, also slightly too cheerfully, and Sophie finally managed to break eye contact with her. We'll get on that straight away. At the second part of Clara's response, Sophie shot her another silent look to stop her talking as she was giving the game away by coming out with sentences that made her sound like a robot. Clara got the message straight away as well and zoned out. Lizzie and Yasmin quickly followed suit, Sophie, meanwhile, staying a bit longer and walked over to Miss Sissons' monitor. King continued to pace the floor, looking like he was waiting for Sophie to go so that he and Miss Sissons could get on with the task of finding new children to join this crusade. When Sophie reached Miss Sissons, who had hardly said a word in this entire exchange, her monitor contained a message that there was no way King could see. Go. Kingsley wouldn't lie. Sophie took that as another push she and the other girls needed to go behind King's back and zone straight back into her bedroom. The Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by M.R. Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels, or if you would like to purchase a copy of the book, then be sure to check out our website, www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy.